Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Joy Chang, and you can find her at joychang.com. Let me spell that for you because she's very fancy and she doesn't just spell it like ordinary. It's J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G. That's joychang.com. Let me tell you about this gal and my guest today. Joy Chang is the queen of transformational book publishing. She's passionate about helping people write and publish their books so that they can make the income and impact they desire and deserve. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that what you want? She believes that when we share our stories, we heal ourselves and we heal the world. Joy, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think by getting vulnerable and transparent with those deepest, darkest, hidden parts of us, that's not only where we are able to heal, but we give others the unspoken permission to heal themselves and connect with us in a deeper way. Joy is a Patrick Snow certified publishing coach, international best-selling author, professional keynote speaker, mentor, healer, circle facilitator. I had to look that up, by the way, and a trained yoga teacher. She is the best-selling author of The Naked Truth, a woman's journey to self-love about her personal journey of healing herself naturally from deep depression and suicidal thoughts through self-love. Joy is the host of the Naked Truth Movement podcast, where she interviews guests who are willing to share inspiring stories and be vulnerable so less people feel alone. I love that part. So less people feel alone. What a great mission. Joy, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Sure. Well, thank you so much again for having me on your show. It's an honor to be here with you today. Um, so to fill in some of the gaps, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good overview. But I would say that basically, um, when I was in my 20s, I went through a period of deep depression and suicidal thoughts. And I ended up in an abusive relationship. Um, and it was really at that point when I realized that I didn't love myself. Um, up until that point, I really didn't have that awareness and things were actually good in my life. You know, I had a good job. I had family and friends that cared about me. I had a boyfriend and, you know, everything was actually good on the outside, but I just felt like, you know, just empty inside. I was depressed. I didn't understand why I felt that way. Um, and then being in that abusive relationship was actually the gift um, in my life. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts and really that turn turning point for me where, I had that awareness and said, well, you know, I must not love myself because if I did, I wouldn't be in this relationship, but I would be continuously in this relationship, you know, it was on and off for four and a half years. 
books. And I had friends that didn't understand because obviously they thought I was amazing. It was like, why are you with this person? But you know, when you're not in it, you know, obviously it's not all bad. There's, there's good and, and kind of bad to everybody. And I, I um, really get that joy. And let me jump in right here. Okay. Because, uh, and, and you're pulling me right into the story and I'm not even there yet with you, but so we're going to go broad and then we'll come back in on the story. But just what I'm hearing you say, it's like, it's a drop of poison at a time. That's how we get into these relationships that are toxic and abusive, right? It's not like mm -hmm. we see they're toxic and we're like, oh, look, danger, and then run to it. It's a drop of poison. They look good on the outside. We don't realize all the toxicity in that individual possibly. And before we know it, we're in the cesspool with them. Is that mm -hmm. fair? Yeah. And, and there's an attachment, right? We, we get attached to yes. people, right? And so there's also that. And, and, and truly, I also think that, you know, we're on our journeys and things happen for a reason, you know, and I, I believe that they're always there to serve us. And so um, it, it was part of my path, I feel like for me to, you know, basically my soul came here to, to, to learn about self-love and to then teach it and embody it. And in order for me to do that, I had to learn not to love myself and, and, and experience what that was like to then experience self-love, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, do you get that, that your pain will eventually become your power? God uses the pain, the struggle, the trials for you to then serve others and help set them free as well. So Joy, let's go real uh, personal for a second. Share with us something very personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know? Hmm. Um, well, I don't, this is, I mean, this is something a lot of people don't, I don't know how vulnerable it is, but it's just that I, I love to do Latin and ballroom dancing. Um, and maybe like not a lot of people in the, my business world know that. So you love Latin dancing and ballroom dancing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. I tried that once or twice. I was a dork. It didn't work out for me. Okay. So cool. Thanks for sharing that. You're a dancer. I love it. All right. So BC Nation, here's why I invited Joy on the show. So I met Joy also um, at the New Media Summit in Austin, Texas. I was at that conference there and it was all these spiritual healers in the room and I felt so out of place, Joy, just so you know that. And I was like, none of them are going to like me because I show up a certain way sometimes in, in life and in business where I can be very polarizing. People that are very secure and confident, they lean in and connect with me because they see some of the, that gifting or whatever, and they're not threatened by it. And then people that are going through their own struggles and wrestling, maybe with their identity and security and, and stuff going on in them, they're polarized by me. And they're like, this guy is just off the wall and they don't take the time to get to know me. But Joy, you know what? I got to chat with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember you kind of looked at me and, and you were sizing me up and trying to figure me out. I could see it all over your body language and everything. And, but you, you stood there and you didn't walk away. And I said some like provocative things and I challenged you with one or two little questions. And, and I remember you just kind of like, you were just present with me. And it was really awesome. And I know you and I have had different spiritual journeys and a different path. We have some similarities, though. A commonality, I grew up in a messy divorce with my parents. Like, brutal, messy divorce. I connect with you. I'm a product of that. 
you're a product of that. And we've had to go through our own transformation from the inside to get healing in stuff we didn't even cause. Like we were born into that someone else's mess, right? So BC Nation, I bring Joy on the show, not only because I like her and I connect with her and she stood there and she was courageous and she was present with me, but I know she's got a great story to tell. And I also know that she doesn't show up with ego. She shows up with transparency and vulnerability and that makes for a great show, that makes for a great guest. So Joy, thanks for that. Um, here's the big question, uh, question, overarching overview question that I like to ask before we get into your personal story. Why do you think that the world is not working right now? So that, that's definitely a big question. And I think there's probably a lot of answers to that question. Um, the thing that really comes to mind most for me is a lack of compassion. I see it, you know, all over um, in the real world, as well as the virtual world. Um, I feel like people are just all about themselves rather than really trying to, you know, put themselves in someone else's shoes and, and see that we're all doing the best we can, you know, and, and we never know um, what's going on in someone's life, you know, unless we really do ask the deeper questions. And so giving people grace, you know, and compassion um, rather than, I feel like people are so quick to judge and I see it on Facebook so much. and. I mean, sometimes it really just makes me not want to be on there because I'm like, you know, we really need to just have more compassion for people. People are just feeling like, you know, being able to say what they want means they can just judge people um, rather than understanding that I think we're all, you know, just doing the best we can. And you just know, never really know what someone's going through um, unless you, you know, really get to know what's going on with them. So how do you do that? Like break that down for me because that, listen, it sounds warm and fuzzy. Right. And it's a great thought. But at the same time, you see people post stuff that it goes right, gets you right in the nerve. It's complete opposition to you. It's almost like they're they're trying to, um, you know, poke at people. Right. Mm -hmm. And it could be hate speech and and just bashing other be people's belief systems. So when you're like the target of that, like how do you show up with compassion, grace and kindness in those moments? You personally. I mean, I think it really comes down to the, the mindset of just, just telling myself, okay, you know, people are doing the best they can and I don't know what their situation is. And, you know, if they're judging, not going, coming back with judgment, right? And um, yeah, just, just choosing to, to have that compassion. Mm, got it. Can you remember a time, like, do you have a quick story for us when you were struggling with that and you just could not be compassionate to someone? Because um, you're human just like me, girl. No, I, I know. For sure. I'm, I'm definitely human. Um, I mean, there's no way you show up every single time with total compassion. Is there? <laughs> um, I can't. I'm, I'm, sure there, I'm sure that I do. Um, there are times right now there's nothing that's coming to mind as far as a specific incident. Got it. That was a provocative question. <laughs> Got it. All right. So let me ask you this. I want to go back into your faith journey. You grew up in a, um, a broken home, right? Mm -hmm. um, and parents got divorced. You said it's messy. That term messy can mean so many things. What did it mean in your household? Yeah, it meant um, a lot of like yelling, arguing, um, nothing physical, but just verbal, you know? Yeah. Just yelling. And, um, I think that as a kid, you know, 
that's not something you want to be hearing, like seeing and, you know, witnessing with your parents. Um, and there was a time where, and it was around between eight and 10 when the divorce happened, it was kind of, you know, felt like it was a long process. It, it was not like a quick thing. It took, you know, a few years. Um, and there was a struggle because they were basically, my dad was fighting for joint custody. Um, and, and back then, you know, it was really uncommon for dads to get custody. Basically the mom had to be like a drug addict or something, you know, and mm -hmm. my mom wasn't. And so, um, but you know, he really, he really fought for us because, um, you know, my mom was a great parent as far as just making sure our basic needs were met, that we had a roof over head and food and, but she really wasn't emotionally like, you know, present with us. And I think it wasn't her fault. I think that she didn't know from her parents, you know, I never met my mom's parents, but mm. from what I, you know, have known and, and heard about them, I think, and just culturally, um, she didn't grow up hearing like, I love you, you know, her parents didn't tell her that. And so she didn't tell that to us. And my dad actually didn't grow up that way either. You know, they're from the same culture, but he just decided to do things differently with his kids. And so he was just, he was a very affectionate person, always giving us hugs and kisses and telling us he loved us. And our mom wasn't really like that. And so I think he, he was concerned for his kids. You know, he wanted us to know how loved we were. And so he was concerned about our mom being able to emotionally be there for us. And so he really tried to fight for um, joint custody. Um, and so there was a, a time where they were arguing. They, there was a lot of stuff around money and, you know, with the kids. And um, my mom ended up actually calling the police and having my dad leave. Um, and, you know, I think that that led to abandonment issues for me with men that didn't even, I didn't even realize until I got older and was in relationships with men that I was afraid of them leaving me. Um, because, you know, my, my dad had left that one time when they were fighting. And, um, and as a kid, you know, I'm sure that I had that association that I did something wrong. And, you know, mm. is he coming back and all of that, because I was super close to my dad. Isn't that something as children, we, we can't see reality yet, right? Like what's actually happening, because we haven't been formed yet on the inside, we're still developing. So we actually like make it our fault, even though it has nothing to do with us. Right. And mm -hmm. man, I really get that. And thanks for going there with us, Joy, because that's so common for so many girls growing up where the dad broke in home and everything. And now they project that on every man they date, right? Like that fear or that abuse or that, that trauma, whatever. And it keeps them that they, they, they're really punishing themselves. Right. And it's the same thing for boys with their moms. For me, that was, the mom issue was for me and all the girls I dated somehow resembled some of the toxicity in my mother. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the dysfunction that was going on and my mom, very similar to yours, like she grew up in a very non-loving abusive home with her parents. So she had this false sense of knowing how to love her own children. Right. And that really like that hit me, man, as a young boy growing up, and now I projected that on all girls. So there was a lot of healing that needed to go on. Thank you for sharing that. Like, that's powerful. And I'm seeing how much, how many similarities you have and I have had. And I know our listener right now, you've maybe gone through a messy divorce, right? You were raised in that, that broken family life. And it's really difficult for you to feel whole and complete as an adult when you grew up in a broken household isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, I mean, my mom wasn't in a, she didn't grow up in an abusive home. It just was, oh, it was mine. Mine. but yeah, I just wasn't like vocally, you know, and, and the same. And honestly, like 
I, I was really blessed. I mean, I, I grew up in a middle class family and I felt like we always had, you know, what we needed and, um, and my parents did the best they could, but you know, nobody's perfect. Right. And so, yeah, it's the things that sometimes you don't receive, you know, you don't know how to, to give it then unless you make that decision and say, I'm going to be different. Um, otherwise we just go into our normal, like what we witnessed and how we were raised. Right. Mm, I think you're so right. So speak to us about where was God in all of this? Like, where was your faith, your spirituality? Was that present in your home and your, with your parents? Did they raise you with faith? Where, what was the spiritual journey? How did it start for you? Yeah, I was definitely raised in a religious um, family, Christian. Um, my mom was very religious. Um, I think that maybe more so when she came to America, my parents immigrated from Taiwan and um, they came over, you know, for grad school. And, um, and then I grew up in Chicago when, when they came over to Chicago, um, you know, my mom um, found a church and I think it just really helped her to build a community, you know? Um, and so that became like her second family, you know, our, our second family. And so I grew up uh, religious, um, going to church every Sunday, Bible study on Friday nights. And I was really, involved in my church, you know, I got baptized, um, and then, you know, went through confirmation and, and everything, and was just a, you know, faith was, God was a big part of my life, um, through probably high school up until, like, college, around, well, around that time, I actually had a friend, um, from church that one time told me, like, you know, he said, you know, there's something I want to tell you, but I'm afraid if I tell you, then it's going to make you question your faith, and I'm like, well, now you got to tell me, <laughs> right, like, wouldn't want to know so I, I was curious and so curiosity uh, killed the christian is that how it goes basically yeah and honestly, what happened what I happened tell us i don't story. really remember even what he said but that conversation definitely made me question my faith so i started like having questions those tough questions and, and asking different pastors because i really wanted to know the answer and nobody could give me any like a good answer you know i thought so you know questions like if somebody's born into a different religion and they never find out about Jesus, does that mean they're going to go to hell or, you know, those kind of things, right? And nobody really had a good answer for me. And so, yeah, I um, started kind of drifting from this, the Christian, you know, path. And, um, but, you know, now I consider myself spiritual, but not religious. So I definitely believe in a God. I believe there's a higher power. Um, it's interesting. My, I feel like my spiritual path has helped me understand Christianity in a different way, you know, and um, so when they talk about in the Bible that, you know, God made us in his image, um, God made man in his image, to me, that means like, okay, there is, you know, a higher power, and I don't know if it's a man or woman, and I don't know what the name of the God is, um, but I believe there's a higher power, but I, and I believe it created us, but because it created us in his image, or her image, I believe that um, that we have God within us, you know, and, and because of that, we do have the ability to heal ourselves and heal other people. And I mean, we bring life into this world, right? I mean, women are the vessels through which we all come from um, and through, but you know, the men are a big part of that as well, obviously. And so it's like, wow, like, like I just, you know, and that was part of the self-love when I realized like that, you know, I, you know, bring life into this world and I am a creator and I create things we all do. Um, and just that, and the power to heal myself, to heal other people, like when I was able to really understand that, it was like, wow, how can I not love myself? You know, like I'm amazing. We're all amazing. Um, and so that was also, my spiritual path was also a big part of my journey of self-love. Got it. So very clear. Like I really followed that 
spiritual journey and how it happened. I'm really curious as to what the questions were that the pastors couldn't answer. And I think so many times we can walk away from our faith, from our spirituality, because of broken people who don't have the answer maybe that really fits for us. And sometimes we can, what's that phrase? We throw the, uh, the baby out with the bathwater, I think is the term. And we throw out the entire church, the entire faith because of this broken person and this broken person who did us wrong or couldn't answer it right and everything. And I, 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 just, I just sit with that, right? Because I've seen so many of my friends um, leave their faith behind. And now there's parts of their life that are just not working. Mm-hmm. And um, rather than them just leaning in and going to someone else and someone else and someone else until they found the answer they were looking for. So I really get what you're saying. Let me ask you this, because I think there's a lot of truth in what you just shared, that we are made in God's image and likeness at 100%. And God is within us. That is the Christian belief, right? Mm-hmm. And we are co-creators with the creator of the entire universe. We are given that power. So the question then is this, are you the source of the power, that creative power, or are you the vessel through which it passes? Because that's a very important distinction. Right. Um, I believe we are the vessel. Yeah. So I, you know, and I, I do healing work, um, with clients sometimes, and I, I believe that I am the channel, you know, I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just allowing the energy to flow through me. And that's so why, where, yeah. so why doesn't the, why don't the clients, why don't you recommend the clients pay God rather than you, if you're not doing it, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just having fun. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, actually what's interesting is, is I've heard people say that, you know, I, I don't get paid by people. I get paid through people. And I, I do believe it's, you know, it, it's a shift of looking at, okay, do you, who do you believe that you get paid by? If you get paid by God, then there's no, you don't have to be attached then like, I need this person to be my client, right? Because you just trust, okay, God, God's going to take care of me. God's going to support me. And it really doesn't matter where that money comes from. It doesn't matter who it comes from mm-hmm. because I believe that, you know, I'm supported. I get that. I think that's a beautiful way to think. Like it really is, right? And, and that took me forever to get to that place where you're at now is that all the money in the universe, all the money on planet earth, all the money in my wallet does not belong to me. Like yeah. it all belongs to God and I'm just a pass through and sometimes he blesses and sometimes he takes away and, and, and I don't know his ways. And it's really yeah. difficult to trust when I can't see his plan sometimes, right? And I yeah. want to take control of my life and take control of my finances. And that is me coming from a place of scarcity rather than abundance, knowing that I am loved by the creator of the entire universe who I call my father. And he Mm -hmm. loves me and he, he takes care of all my needs, regardless of whether or not I believe he does or doesn't. That's just what's so. And it's a really cool place to be. What shows up for you in that? Yeah, I, I agree. It is hard. And, and that is what faith is, right? It's believing when you can't see. I mean, if you could see it, it wouldn't be faith. <laughs> if you could see it first, you have to, I mean, but you do have to believe that it's going to happen, right? And, and see it with your vision, but not maybe the physical, you mm. know, reality is first see it in your mind, and then you see it in reality. 
Right. 100% I agree with you. So what part of, of God do you wrestle with right now? Like the belief of there is a God, he is your father, and he does have a plan for your life versus there's a higher power, there's an energy out there, but there's no personal relationship with it. We're just a vessel, a pass-through of this energy that just flows through all things. How do you wrestle with that? Well, I mean, I would say that I do think I see both, if that makes sense. I could, I see it being both. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a higher power and, and you can have a, in a relationship with it as well, a personal relationship, because that's where we came from. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Is it, is the personal relationship that you describe, the one that I describe is more of a paternal relationship, father and son, father and daughter. Mm -hmm. Is the, the relationship you're describing more of a, um, a less personal? It's, it's more of like me having a relationship with um, my desk or, you know, an inanimate object mm -hmm. without any sense of hum, uh, humanity or social relationship with them, person to person. No, I would say that it is a person. I'm not sure if it's, I know we've been raised to believe it's a father, but I mean, you know, people ask like, how do we know that God is a man? Maybe God's a woman. I mean, if, you know, as women, we're the ones that bring life, you know, to this world through our bodies, it would make sense that it would be a woman if we all came from that, you yeah. know, person, right? So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so let me follow, yeah, yeah let me follow that same logic because I hear what you're saying there. At the same time, in order to believe that, you also have to believe that, well, being man also co-creates new life into the world. Well, then God, he's also made in God's image and likeness with masculine qualities. And so is the female. So maybe God is not bound by human genders the way we are. Why? Because he's not contained by humanity. If he was, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be worth worshiping if he was as limited and finite as us. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe, and yeah, maybe he's not a gender, you know, maybe, maybe he's not maybe, a gender. Maybe he's both. Maybe he's transgendered. I mean, who knows, right? Does it even matter? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's, and I think you just said it so well, does it even matter? Right. And these are the things we get caught up in, in our human brokenness is like, we want to identify everything, label everything, control everything, our understanding is, and we think to ourselves, well, if I can't, understand this infinite power called i.e god well therefore then he doesn't fit within my belief system so therefore i'm just going to look away and go create my own life and make my own version of my own god and i think that's a very dangerous game that we play sometimes is where we're making ourselves god without actually doing it and we're justifying it because we're actually creating god in our image and likeness rather than what you said earlier, which is we are made in his image and likeness. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good point. What shows up for you in that? I think that's, I think that's very true. Um, so, you know, I was at this event uh, this past weekend and this woman, she had never done a talk before and she blew us all away. Like she is absolutely meant to be a speaker um, but what was so powerful was just her journey of faith and how, you know, from the time she was 
a child, like her mom just spoke into her about God and, and just said, you know, she said, it was something like, you know, don't like limit your dreams, like, you know, based on what you think God is capable of, right? It's like how we, we tend to, you know, we think that we dream big, but really we're dreaming so small compared to what God can have in plan, his plan for us. And so kind of that same thing that you said about, you know, limiting God based on our, I forget the exact words now, but the, you know, um, making him in our image and likeness. Yeah. Right. Versus we are made in his image. And, and this woman, one of the things that she said that really stuck with me was she said, when you know who you belong to, you don't care what other people think and what you, even what you see yourself, what you think about yourself, you know, when you understand that you belong to God, it's like, it doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't even matter what you think. Cause you know, that you're God's and God created you in his image or her image. And because God's perfect, we're perfect. I mean, we're human, but we're, we're also perfect. Joy, I think you said it beautifully, right? It's like, once you know whose you are, you finally get who you are. And your identity is not based on what you think about yourself, what you, what others think about you, what your situation has shown you, right? Maybe you've lived in trauma your whole life, right? And you've been beat up and abused by everybody. Does that mean you're a punching bag? That's your identity? No. Like it has nothing to do with the outside environment, but all those lies seep in, you know, over a lifetime. And we start to believe all the things we see rather than things we don't see, which is God, that we are his and our identity is child of God. And like to her point, that speaker's point, I think she's spot on. It's like, once you get that, you are the precious daughter of God, the creator of the entire universe, Joy Chang. And he loves you and he has a perfect and amazing plan for your life. Well, two things happen. I think one, you get less concerned about other people's opinions of you. And two, you get really curious onto, well, I really want to know what his plan is for my life. Right. And, and all you have to do, but it's, it's not easy, is to get out of the way, right? To surrender and say, God, okay, just show me. Show me who I'm here to bless. You know, who do you want me to bless today? And how do you want me to do that? And just show me the path and, and just help me to do my best to get out of your way. Because I know that if I, you know, try to, you know, control the situation or, you know, do something, um, then I'm going to mess it up because I'm just human and, and I am perfect, but I'm also very human. Right. And so, um, and I can't see what God sees. Joy, I say it this way. We are perfectly imperfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And Joy, I may say this, um, and don't, don't take this in any other way than me just having fun with you. I think you are a undercover Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Because I think you were baptized and you know God's truth and it's there. And just because some guy in college or whatever hit you with a few questions you couldn't answer at the time and maybe you went to the wrong people who didn't have the answers at their time in their life, don't throw it all out. It's already in you. Like you're literally quoting scripture right now without even quoting scripture. You're, <laughs> you're speaking God's truth and it's the Judeo-Christian faith that you have raised with and those seeds have been planted. And as it says in the Bible, where God's word goes, it never returns without achieving its purpose. 
So know that God is working in your life, girl. Whatever you want to name him, call him, and put a gender to, again, that's just making him in, in your image and likeness of what, how you see him. And that's just the wrong way to do it all together, right? And, and I've done this myself, right? So I'm going to call myself out on this. I used to do it all the time. And it's like I made God as small as my thinking. And like, that doesn't change that who he is. That's just my broken filter. And stepping back from that, and I think you said it perfectly, is sit down and get quiet with God. BC Nation, take Joy's advice. It's brilliant. Just sit down with God and get quiet and say, Father, I don't have control over anything in my life. Like, when I take control, I mess stuff up. I have like a trail of human wreckage behind me, broken relationships, hurts and pains, people I've hurt, people that have hurt me. Like I literally don't want to be in control anymore. I do want to show up as a child, but darn it, my ego and my pride is so big and so in the way that I struggle to let you take over. But I know you have a plan for my life. So show me your plan for my life. Like, and, and I say this often with my atheist friends that, well, Joseph, I don't believe there's a God. And I was like, yeah, but do you want to know for certain that there's not a God? They're like, well, I, yeah. Because I'm like, you don't know right now. Like you're speculating, right? Like you don't actually know until you die. True or true. Right. And I, yeah, and I believe when you die, we're all going to be Christian in a second. Like in that moment when we meet Christ face to face, there will be no such thing as an atheist at that moment, right? Like it's going to be there. So I'm like, listen, if you want to know if God truly exists, literally say these words, get quiet with him and say, God, if you exist, show me you exist. That's it. And then literally be authentic and sincere about it. Like actually want him to show you that he exists. And I promise you, he will show up in your life clearly, definitively, mm-hmm. in a way that you can't deny. And Lily, maybe for you, if you're feeling courageous, and I know you, you are a girl that doesn't turn down a challenge, right? You have a seven-day challenge on your website, yes. and everything, right? And it's like, here's my challenge for you. Should you accept it or not? It's totally up to you, whatever, right? But maybe your prayer is, Lord, if the Judeo-Christian faith is your faith, show me that in my life. Or if everything that you say in the Bible is real, show me that it's real in my life in a way I can't deny. And then be open to him actually doing it. And if you're willing to take on that challenge, just watch what God does in your life, girl. He'll fill in all the little gaps and the areas that maybe, maybe there's something missing because none of us have a perfect life, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's just something we wish was a little better or improved. So I, I just offer you that. Let's go into the fun part. This is my favorite part of the show. Let's wrap this up. So we're listening with Joy Chang. You can find her at joychang.com. That's spelled J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G.com. That's joychang.com. Joy is a fabulous, fabulous woman. I like her. She's cool. She's showing up. She's being transparent and vulnerable. She's an undercover Christian without even knowing it. God is working on this girl. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Joy. My favorite part of the show, welcome to the confession round. 
See what I did there with Broken Catholic? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I, I see. I see. <laughs> I'm with All, right. You. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. So, Joy, I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? All right. All right, Joy, what's your favorite sound? <laughs> okay. I, the, a bird was the first thing that came to mind. I guess the sound of a bird. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. Uh, what's your least favorite sound? Uh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Got it. All right. Be real and transparent here. What are you most afraid of? Um, being seen as a fraud, I guess. Thing mm. that a lot of us probably. Yeah, imposter syndrome is the number one thing people wrestle with on my business podcast, and they could be making a uh, hundred dollars a year or uh, one hundred million, and they think they're a fraud still. It's very interesting. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? <laughs> well, Go ahead. Bring it. Um, Come on, you're being transparent. Keep it going. Well, the thing that came to mind was sex. I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but that just came to me. <laughs> Got it. I say it this way, right? Sex is a good thing. God created it. It's how we procreate our entire species. Right. However, when we do it outside of marriage, outside of his laws, it's we choose the lesser good rather than the greater good, which is he wants one person for all of us for the rest of our lives so that we can feel loved and protected and safe. Okay. What secret fear do you have about people? What secret fear do I have about people? Yeah, like how people uh, see you, you see them. You know, we all have some kind of secret fear how we show up in the world. What's your secret fear about people? I think my secret fear is that people know all of like the insecurity, you know, just the, the stuff that I can think about myself and just that I, I feel like people know all those things. And I don't think that's probably true because we're also focused on what other people think, right? So no one's mm. really thinking about, about us, but that's, that would be the secret fear. So let me just clarify that so I get, really get it. So your secret fear is that everyone can see you and all the insecurities in you or that they can, even though you share them? That they can, yeah. That they can see it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Well, you wrote a book called The Naked Truth. So girl, like you may want to like just sit with that and be like. <laughs> yeah, or they can't. But no, I, I think that, you know, people tend to, we, I mean, I know I do, like when I look at somebody and, and they like have, you know, their insecurities and I'm like, but you're beautiful. You know, like I know we see people in such a better, I think more positive light usually than, than other people see themselves. Yeah. And because of that, I can only imagine people see the same with me, you know, and they project positivity and stuff to me, which is, is true. But, um, but then, you know, I, they're not inside my head. <laughs> right. So. Got that. Yeah. They don't see all, everything that you wrestle with. Right. Right. 100%. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, what I wish I had learned sooner. That's a hard one because I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I grew up, you know, knowing a lot about God as a child. Um, it doesn't have to be in your head. It could be in your heart. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Okay, well, what came was just the, the being made in, in his him image, right? Just mm. Yeah, got that. What do you wish you were better at? 
Um, well, marketing was what came to me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Listen, sales and marketing, man. That's why we all like yeah. so difficult. Uh, what dream are you secretly scared of pursuing? Uh, well, I would say speaking. I mean, it's, it's something I am pursuing, but it's, yeah, it scares me. And knowing that I feel like God has a really big plan for my life and I have a big vision and I can't imagine, even though I know that I'm sure it's even bigger than that, but just the vision that I see of speaking, you know, to millions and, and just having a really, really big impact on this world that that scares me, you know? Mm, I get that. Sometimes we don't think we're, we're good enough or big enough to achieve it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just really, and, and to really fully like stand in my truth and know that it's going to be polarizing for people, right? That there's going to be people that love me and people that hate me. And I think that's scary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share this for a second. I think um, a lot of that struggle comes from when we stand in our truth versus when we stand in God's truth. God's mm -hmm. truth is absolute and universal. Our truth is limited and finite and runs through our own filter. Therefore, all those insecurities and doubts are there because we're not actually sure if we're right on some of those things because of our own brokenness, right? So that mm -hmm. might just be something to sit with. What's a new habit that you want to form? Well, it's a habit that I've had, but that I haven't had in a while is to, you know, spend time daily in like meditation. With mm, got that. Do you know that I do a 7.30 a.m. seven day a week Facebook live one hour meditation where I teach people how to get quiet and listen to the quiet whisper of God in their life so that they can hear his plan undeniably and then move into action with certainty did you know that? I think I did. I think you mentioned it at the, at the event that we were at, um, but I had forgotten. <laughs> so thank you for the reminder. <laughs> so I'm inviting you now, if you wanted to spend that one hour and create that habit, I do a 40 day holy hour challenge. And in 40 days, you'll have the habit and it just becomes part of your lifestyle. So that's just something as an invite I put out to you. You too, okay. BC Nation. <laughs> All right. So what's a bad habit you want to break? procrastination. Yeah, I got that one. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Powerful, authentic, and loving. I get that about you. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Um... Insecure, confused, and broken. Mm, got that. I like the plug for broken Catholic. Broken. <laughs> and last question. If you could come back to life after you die, Joy, and look your family and friends in the eye and tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Um... Not to worry about the little things, you know, just like the don't stuff, the small stuff. And um, yeah, just really, be, enjoy the, the journey, right? 
Enjoy the journey. We are on a spiritual journey, BC Nation. You and me and Joy, we're on a spiritual journey together. And we learn from each other. That's what's awesome. So Joy, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Um, is to know that not to limit God to your, you know, what you think God, who God is. Um, because I think that if we grew up, a lot of us didn't grow up with maybe the most loving, you know, families and homes. And so sometimes that can um, prevent people from wanting to even have a relationship with God, especially if, if, you know, we've been taught God is like our father, right? Well, what if our father abused us, right? Like, do why would we want to believe that God is loving and that why would we even want to be close to God? But realizing that that is, um, that's not who God is, right? That God is the father or the mother maybe, or, or whoever, right? Like not limiting it to even a gender, but that we, we maybe never even had, but always wanted, right? To know that that's possible to, to have um, that relationship. I think that's well said. BC Nation, listen to what Joy's saying there. Don't limit God to what you've been through. He's bigger than that. And just because you, you've been through trauma and struggle doesn't mean you're meant to stay there. Like He literally has a plan for your life. Go find out what it is. Offer up some of those words to him. and Just say, Father, like, why did this happen to me in my childhood? And if you want to find out more about Joy, and she does self-healing, and I think this is very important what you do, Joy. And just so you know, um, I don't think this is in conflict with our faith and our Judeo-Christian belief systems. I think it's a compliment, too. And the only thing I challenge you with is don't see self-healing as the end. See it as the beginning, right? We do have to heal the humanity, the brokenness, our heart and our physical fleshy selves from trauma and all that we've gone through. However, we need to point and pass through that to God, right? And God's the destination. And when you put those two together, girl, you have absolute truth. Now you're showing up authentic and you don't ever need to worry about feeling like a fraud again, right? It's like, this is what we're missing. It's that simple thing. So I really just commend you, Joy. You are on track, girl. You're kicking butt. You're bringing people through self-healing. Uh, where can my listener find out more about you? So the best place is to go to my website, joychang.com. That's J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G.com. And tell me why my listener needs to read your book. Well, I think that self-love is something that, you know, we can all, uh, no matter where we're at in the journey, there's always another level, right, to get to. And so um, self-love is, is really the basis for it all, you know, whatever it is that you want in your life, whether you're seeking love or wanting to make more money or to be in better health or, you know, anything, it really always comes back to loving ourselves. And so um, that is what my book is about. It's you can, when you read the book, you're going to learn about my own personal journey as well as go on your own journey. It's really cool because there's journaling questions in the book. So you get to, you know, basically explore your own journey of self-love while you learn about my journey. And there's also practices in the book. There's seven practices that will help you learn to love yourself. If it's something that you struggled with, or even you're something you're struggling with now. And, and these practices, you know, are, are simple, but really powerful. BC Nation, go to joychang.com, pick yourself up the book, The Naked Truth, and get real. 
Get real about the mess you're living in and go clean up your life. Clean up your life with joy. That's what I'm going to say there. Joy, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. I've had a lot of fun with you. And I wish you God's love, God's peace, and God's joy in your life. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you again for having me on your show. You're welcome. God bless. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.